In this country, some truths aren't self-evident. In NPR's Black Stories, Black Truths, a collection of stories as wide-ranging and real as the people who tell them, we celebrate the Black experience for all its soul and richness. Search NPR Black Stories, Black Truths wherever you get podcasts. Hey everybody, what's up? Welcome to another edition of The Michelle Mission, Two Men, One Podcast, Every Black Film Ever Made. My name is Len, aka the Bat Tribble of Black Tribbles fame, and I am joined by my co-host. Uh, this is Vincent Williams, it's also... Where is when it's also uh, heard, Vince? On G-Town Radio. That's right, get it right, bro. Wednesdays from 8 to 10. Alright, thank you. Thank you very much. And tonight... We are we're doing something very special. We, we are doing something very special, and you can hear the little soundtrack in the back That's in the right. background. Band playing, <laughs> yep. got a band playing, a and everything. Sneak preview. So you weren't supposed to talk until like we actually introduced you. Oh. All right, let me let y'all do that. <laughs> <laughs> we are here with Mr. Dorian Messick. Yeah, Dorian Messick of of stage and screen. And and of, stuff. and of big words, which was actually a film. And of big words, which, which is how I discovered this podcast. Which is how you yeah. discovered this podcast. So, 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 Dorian, th- first of all, thank you. Yes, for yes. taking the time. No, no, no. My, my pleasure. Thanks for having me. Um, Dorian is actually in town here in Philadelphia for the Black Star Film Festival. Mm-hmm. Actually, you and your wife Simone are are like the 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 host. Of their awards yeah, well, ceremony, so the award ceremony on Saturday. Mm-hmm. And I have a film, Nine Rides. Uh, yes, that's uh, premiering on Sunday. Yeah. Sunday, yep. yeah, yeah. And we're going to talk about all that uh, now. But uh, that you guys now, it's a black film that you now have to review. Yes, yes. absolutely. It's a I'm must. Listen, I'm not going to rush you. But you got <laughs> right, right, right. A lot of stuff to cover. God right. willing, the crypt don't rise. I'm going property too. Yeah. Then, <laughs> state property too, which is the sequel. Exactly. There were so many unanswered questions and unresolved themes from state property. Yes. That you had. And much like Superman 1 and 2, they filmed them both at the same time and just split them into two films. Somehow is that the that. truth? That's not the truth. It sounded good enough to me. It probably is. You saw, you saw I got real serious about I saw that. Like, Wait a minute. That. Don't play with state property. <laughs> but Dorian, I have to ask... Um, you know, you turned you turned on to the Michelle Mission um, because of our review of Big Words. Like, how d- did you come to find the review? What did I think about the review? No, like how? Like, um, did you like just see it on Twitter or yeah, something I saw like it on that? Twitter? So okay, I think okay. You guys had either some, either you or someone else had like tagged me in a tweet. Okay, about okay. the the review, right? And I was getting ready to take a road trip, and so that's like the perfect time to listen to a, a podcast, and then I listen to it. And was like, okay, I agree with fifty percent of what's being said. <laughs> right, right, right. I wonder which fifty. <laughs> but at the same time, I was like, it's very insightful, and it was. Um, I was intrigued by the idea, the concept of what you, what your brothers are gonna do. So I was like, I'm on it. Then I listened to like maybe one. I think there was only one other one available at the time. Mm-hmm. So I listened to the, the other one, and then I was like, I'm in. I'm hooked. Wow. So the concept is it. You guys are informed. 
about film. You have points of view, which is why I said I only agree with fifty percent. Uh, <laughs> right, because <laughs> right. I didn't agree with one of the points of view. Oh, well, you know, it was an informed point of view. It wasn't just like lying like it because his hair was nappy. You know, it was right, 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 right. A legitimate um, critique on film, which I think you know is one of the big things we need to do with all of our black art forms. Is like you know treat it like the art that it is and raise it up and and critique it and talk about it like it needs to be talked about so for that i respected it and couldn't wait to get on board because i have a lot to say about art okay thank you by done by black folks i heard that (laughs) all right (laughs) then you were in the right place i had that feeling (laughs) (laughs) i guess that by the title me show (laughs) mission well well well, that's cool that's dope that's Mm -hmm. dope and um it's cool that people to know that people can appreciate that we're doing you know we're trying to offer constructive criticism mm-hmm. of the film not trying to like just like you say just pick it apart just to pick it apart you know right, anything right, like that right. you know being un, um Cause sometimes y'all tiptoe in places where i think you should dig in really there have really? been a few films there have been well at least one that's the only one I, and it's so funny because it comes up a lot and i don't i'm scared to bring it up because i don't want to go down that road. no let's go I let's mean, go you, you mean you brought up on the you mic. brought it up man you're well, on you the mic know, the, the whole the tyler perry scenario right, know, right right i, I would have dug my feet a little deeper into it <laughs> i thought we pretty i, 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 thought, I thought we were stomping pretty hard on and, that john and, and and we've done one tyler perry film so yeah. and we've not done a Medea film it's so funny i was thinking because you know what is it like? Like the Halloween movie is opening yeah, up, yeah. Which, works. which you, know, but you know, I think that's kind of a like it was kind of a strong arm move because I think he got the idea from Top Five. Yeah, I was gonna say Chris where, Rock. where Chris Rock mm-hmm. was trying to clown him a little and he bit. He was like, "Yo, yeah. watch me take your joke and make some money out of exactly." It. Which to me should speak to the, his direct audience. Like, look what he think of y'all. <laughs> yeah, he's yeah. like, "Yo." I could just give them anything. It's some Donald Trump style. Well, like, yo, well, I should just join the Republican well, Party because they'll vote for anybody. Well, <laughs> yeah. the black dude side of me was like, oh, okay, I see how you do. All right, uh, all right. That's, yeah. that's a little gangster. A little yeah, bit. yeah. But, but I think that's a personal thing. Right, right. You know what I'm saying? And, and which I, which is the only thing I actually really do respect about what he does. And it's the only thing, and I'm going on record as saying it's the only thing, is that he does have a people bring their personal experiences i love artists that bring their personal experiences to their work right and it's clear that he's had some issues you know with black men Mm -hmm. yes and he brings it to his work so it speaks to those people who have also had the issues with black men and want to be want to see those images portrayed on screen right right right. black man we ain't got no problem with other brothers and i had a great dad got arrested there i'm like i don't really need to see your movies man (laughs) <laughs> right, right, right. I, 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 I feel you. Know, I don't really need to see it. It's not for me. He's speaking to me, but to those people who it really speaks to, I understand it. and I respect that because as an artist, you should have that kind of perspective. Right, put your personal experience into it. Here's the here's the rub, though. I doubt that nigga knows it. I think it's an accident. Yeah, I think he's just in so much pain. He just does it. Right, 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 <laughs> right, right. I'm we, sorry. I don't know if I'm going to use the A word. No, 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 no. It's fine. It's all good. It's all good. Hey, Lynn, we about to have an episode. Yes, we are. Yeah. <laughs> yes, we are. I feel it coming. It's like, oh, oh. All right. I feel it coming. All right. Here we go. Let's go. But, Let's but, go. We in it, man. Let's we there. We there. But you're right. I, I, I have a funny feeling that, you know, whatever insight people pull from his films or whatever mm-hmm. like that are happenstance. Yeah. I think he is 100% 
speaking to the lowest common denominator in every one you of his films. I, it's tough for me to say lowest common denominator. I, you know I take issue with that. With the lowest common denominator yeah. statement. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, it's, it's, it's hard for me to say that. It's just, it's the least thing that I'm interested in. Okay. It's right. not the, the, the people who, it's not the circle of people I hang out with. Right. right. You know what I'm saying? Fair I don't call the lowest common denominator. I'm going to just say, people with different experiences okay you know what i'm saying because there are a lot of people who might i know my wife particularly would say i have the lowest common denominator in my taste buds because she could take me to the fanciest of restaurants and give me the most expensive food and i'll still get out of there and be like yo let's stop at Wingstop on the way home right <laughs> right you know what I'm saying? right right my taste buds are of the lowest common denominator you know what i mean in, in that right. sense right it's just i prefer a certain thing right I've also That's wings are audience. delicious. Yeah, wings are delicious. Yeah. yeah. Well, you know, you know my at all times. My whole sort of beginning and ending with Tyler Perry. Like Tyler Perry has he's a black artist, makes work for black people. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Black people love Tyler Perry. Mm-hmm. So, that's the observation. And the analysis of that is I mean, how I mean, you know, no, he touches. He touches. Like it. that brother makes stuff for black people, and black people love him. Right. So, how much can you really kind of rattle that up? But f- so far, it's a specific audience. It, now, it, I don't it, like him. I don't like that stuff. But hey, man, I think the only the the the, the issue I guess that a lot of folks have is that they feel like there should be more. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. now we got Ava taking the stage, the front stage, True. picking up the baton that so many people passed beforehand. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, these things are happening. Yeah. You know, and, 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 and honestly, it brings us back to the concept of this show, Misha Mission, is that because you guys are taking it so seriously, all the films taking them so seriously, it causes us as an audience to have to look at things seriously. Right. Yeah. You know what right. I'm saying? Right. And um, I think the more we uphold our arts and, the, and our contribution to art, the more it forces other people to do so. Exactly. You exactly. know what I'm saying? Because black folks is mad cool. We like, yeah, we done. We off that. Right, right. But then you mad when white people start twerking. Yes. <laughs> Just because we stopped. <laughs> I mean, listen, we never stop twerking. We never stop twerking. Right, 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 right. But so, I see what you're saying. You know, right? like, yeah, yeah. you know, it's like we're so inventive. We come up with stuff mm-hmm. and just throw it away, and, then we and come up with the next thing. Up. Right, yeah. right. That's that's true. Treat it like it's been discovered. That's real. Right. You know, that exactly. Real. So it's like if we continue to uplift it, good, bad, ugly, or indifferent, then they're forced to treat it that way. They're forced to come. People are forced to come to us and ask for permission. Exactly. 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 Yeah. Exactly. So that's what we got it. So that's why I'm all right with it, and that's why you know if it was Noah's art, I would put Tyler Perry on my art. <laughs> See, I would put See? him on the art. Me and Dorian on the same page. Yeah, I will put him on art. Yeah, God bless. Arguing a lot, I'm sure. Don't talk to me (laughs) (laughs) unless you really read the Bible. Right, 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 right. right. So you stay at your end of the arc. I stay at my end. Right, right, right. I stay up there with the hippos. Right, right. I'm be down here with the kangaroos. Kangaroos. Right, right. We are here to talk about Spike Lee's. Clockers. Hey, welcome to the show. The never ends. Martucci, what you got? We got a black male dead man, Daryl Adams, 22 years old. He's the night manager of this joint. Pop, 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 and he pop. Daryl goes down. Shooter does a Carl Lewis. Boys, Daryl Adams, Daryl Adams, the boys. Hey, Daryl. I reached in my bag. 
I pulled out the gun. I was scared. I shot. I ran. What began as a simple confession. This is still a good, solid, closed by arrest. Became a mystery. He's never been in trouble before. It was a big mistake. All you got to do now is tell me the truth. Man, look, I told Relax. you already. The guy jumped out of nowhere. I got scared. Bam! Then I ran. You mean bam, 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 bam. What? Four bullets in the body. Now, for one man to find the truth. Something's not right. When I'm working on something, I got to make it right. Homicide creeping up. How you doing, fellas? Another must make a choice. Your brother fessed up. What do you think happened? Got me. Ed told me you talked to the homicide cop. Between loyalty. Can't take it much longer, man. Maybe you won't have to take it much longer. Family. I'm going to try to get you up out of here, okay? Stay for me, man. And survival. Why'd you lie to me, man? Am I under arrest or what? We got the shooter. Locked up the wrong brother. There must be some kind of way out of here. Say the joker to the thief. There's too much confusion. I can't get no relief. Businessman there, to drink my wine, come and dig my earth. None will level on the mine. Nobody of it is worth. Um, why? Let's let me ask. Why clockers? Why yes. did you choose clockers? I, I chose it because I think when it came out, ninety five or something like that. Yeah, mm-hmm. it came way too late for that genre of you know we, that we, were, we were just coming out of we were we were, ex, we were exhausted by the hood film genre on the mainstream end, and so and I remember Spike made made this big declaration that Spike often does before his films come out that he was gonna put the stamp on this yes. is going to be the penultimate hood flick and then we can move on to tell a different story that's right that's what right. he said and um, because of that people kind of didn't really show up I think there was that and also we just are tired of it and how it was marketed so I didn't see it until maybe about six months after it had come out okay. at the dollar movie theater you know you had to wait till the movie got cheap right, and, right. and I was like this is a work of art yeah, that we completely missed mm-hmm. because actually, and I saw this in a, at a, a double screening with this and Devil in the Blue Dress. So I walked out of there feeling wow, black, powerful. Yeah, <laughs> wow. Yeah, I saw them both in the same day and was blown away. And so I was like, damn, I, I feel sorry for Spike in that way that this movie was overlooked. So I was like, let's let's talk about it. Let's okay, about it. okay, on, nice on his artistic merits. Okay, so um, Vince, you want to like give us a little quick 30 second intro into what sure, clockers sure. Is about. so clockers 1995 clockers are uh, based on richard price's novel of the same name um and he he with spike lee worked on the uh, screenplay he, he and spike right? lee actually co-wrote the script right and and the story is basically around two characters harvey Keitel's detective rocco klein who is a homicide detective and Introducing Malik uh, Makai Pfeiffer as a Ron Strike Dunham, who is a clocker or a drug dealer. Mm-hmm. And there is a murder. And that is how these two characters intertwine. And the film 
is about solving the murder, who actually committed the murder. And in the midst of this, we also see Strike's life and Strike's community and, you know, it being Spike Lee. Spike Lee, is it's filled with commentary on... Um, the culture of hip hop at mm-hmm. this point mm-hmm. on um you know there's a little video game commentary and you know it's 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 funny we were talking um talking about fathers i noticed there's so much about mentorship yeah and That's fathers and lack of fathers yeah. in this film um you, you know i'm a, i'm a spikely dude i'm a spikely dude and and i think just sort of in in the, the context of Spike Lee, you know, you have my Spike Six that I always stand by. And this is one of the films that is during that transitional period. So you have uh, Crooklyn right after Malcolm X. And then this is after Crooklyn. Right. So, you know, this is a film that, again, Spike Lee co-wrote the script, but he wrote it with the dude who wrote the novel. Mm-hmm. So it's like we were talking about uh, Crooklyn a couple of weeks ago. And it's like. You know, I, I, like, I ain't gonna say Spike Lee didn't write the script with Richard Price, but like Richard Price wrote the novel. So, yeah. and um, Terrence Blanchard does do the music, but the cinematographer Ernest Dickerson is gone at this point. Yes. So, um, you know, we have a different cinematographer. This is actually the first of two films that Malik Shahid um, is a cinematographer. So, you know, even though it quote unquote looks like a Spike Lee movie. It's not quite that same look. And, you know, Dorian, as you said, it, it's very much Spike Lee sort of making his hood, fl- hood flick. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I'm a fan of, you know, powerhouse performances in here. Like we talked about Harvey Keitel, but, you know, Delroy Lindo is right. killing it in this. Uh, you know, Keith David yeah. is killing it in this. Um, I got a question. Was Delroy Lindo ever young? I know, right? We were talking about that on the way over. It's like, Delroy Lindo has been 70 years old since the 70s. Since the, right, right. Uh, Tom Bird, Tom Bird, yeah, who, who we talked Bird. about yeah. in um, Girl Six is in here it's, mm. as, as uh, you know, Elroy, who's yeah. in, in um, no, well, somebody, what's my man's name? I'm, I'm blanking on his name now. He gives one of his greatest performances, and I didn't realize it until I was watching this. He's on, um, it's like a crazy name for me to forget. But, you know, he's on uh, the night of, he's the leader of the night of. Oh, John Totoro. John so, Totoro. Yeah, like, yeah, John Totoro. I was blanking on that, but that was a great performance. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes, and, yeah. A, and a small role, but he he is such a impactful actor Yeah. that yeah. He, he just, like, lights up the screen. Every you can tell Spike on. Lee has a certain perspective on New York policemen. Right. Like, like you know, this, this sort of... Um, this sort of like very casual racism uh-huh. but at the, the same time oh the yo's and the nubians mm-hmm. the yo's and the nubians and yeah. you know but at the same time they're sort of in the mix like you kind of see where it where where a lot of this kind of cynicism comes from and and it's so so yeah clockers well uh, something i was gonna say real quickly about in terms of thinking of how much spike impacted the script the original novel is about north new jersey yeah. So, uh, I would imagine one of the big impacts is moving yeah, it. Just, yeah. yeah, moving it to Brooklyn, mm-hmm. and then, you know, kind of tailoring it to fit the Brooklyn, you know, the world that he right, knows. Right. Yeah. yeah. So I think, if anything, that would be right. Spike's contribution to the script. Yeah. yeah, Richard Price is awesome. Right. And yeah. and right. The, yeah. the the novel 
is mostly about the detective. Right. Like, like the detective yeah. is the main character, and then Strike is almost a supporting character. So, mm-hmm. you know, it is a film about Strike, which, you know, in and of itself is a change. Right. So... So with so with that out there, the introduction to the film, um, Dorian, what'd you think of Clockers? It, like I said, man, it had. I felt like it was a shame that it came out post Boys in the Hood, post Menace of Society. Mm-hmm. So I feel like it could stand up to both of those films. You mm-hmm. know, better, worse. It, 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 that's but it's as good as, or even better, depending on who you ask, than those films. It's just. It, was a bad timing for it, but once you revisit it, you, you, you get into the performances, you realize how well-written and constructed the script is, mm-hmm. at least I did, and I actually had a better uh, appreciation this time around when I watched it for Makai Pfeiffer's performance. Really? When I saw it the first time... How long ago was that? When was the first time? Well, the first time I saw it, 95. Okay, well, when was right. the last time you maybe like oh, watched it? the last time I saw it? Man, maybe still maybe like 10 years. Okay. Mm-hmm. Wow. Right, okay. right. Yeah, it's been a long time. Um, and 10 years ago, I think my appreciation for his performance grew a little bit more. But this mm-hmm. time around, I really felt like it was way more authentic than it felt in 95 to me. Okay. Okay. Yeah. That was like the biggest revelation for me. It was like, yo, Makai actually was damn good in this movie. Right, right, right. Like, I never would have thought that. Mm-hmm. You know, I always thought, you know, Makai was able to grow on screen and become a much better actor. As, you know, as work came his way, right, right, right. And but there's definitely you see that movie and you see him in this film and you're like, I can see that this guy is going to have something to contribute that's worth watching. And you wanted to watch this kid, yeah. His his, his screen presence is amazing. Yeah, he know? does. I, I always, you know, always joke with him about it. And this is going to happen every now and again because as a black actor, there's a circle and we know Dude, each other. We right. know that. So, hey, I don't want to come off like. You know, dropping names like, well, me and Makai were hanging out, drinking the Mai Tai. <laughs> no, it's not like that. But like, <laughs> so I don't want to, I'm not trying to paint, paint it like that. Okay, you have full permission to talk about you and Makai drinking Mai Tais together. That's never happened. Okay. That's never happened. He, he's allergic to Mai Tais. Right, yeah. <laughs> it was Manny, it, it was Manny Petty Thursday. Yeah, that was really what it was. It was so, you know. <laughs> No, but I, I, I was joking with him one time about it. I was like, you had the best introduction to the world that any actor could ask for. Mm-hmm. He's walking up the steps and, you know, and yeah. the project. It's, no, it's at Fort Green Park. Yeah. He's in the steps, top of the steps, Fort Green Park. You start the camera at the bottom of him. They're playing Crooklyn Dodges, the ill intro with the yeah. bell ringing. Yeah. So the moot cow and they just zoom up and you, immediately you're like, who is this dude? Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And in 95, I was like, why didn't I have this part? <laughs> <laughs> but nah, so definitely I, I was like it's the best introduction ever and so then from that point on you're drawn into that character yeah and you, you want to watch this kid yeah i was watching it i was um immediately drawn to the the magnetism that that a lot of people felt when they saw um tupac for the first time mm-hmm. in uh, in, in juice yeah. you know what i'm saying right, right, and how right. he just just like just radiated off the screen mm-hmm. and just that opening like you said that's the that's exactly what i felt mm-hmm. i felt like that that same energy popping off of makai yeah i think it's like now you become because after clock is then came a lot of those straight to video yeah. dvd right, movies right. that were like way too authentic 
Yeah, yeah, you know, they was in, yeah. Right. Listen, people, people were using them as evidence yeah. in court cases. <laughs> hey, I was in one. The, probably the one you're talking about. Yeah, Crime Partners. Oh, see, the one that put Supreme yeah. in jail. I was in that film. Yeah, <laughs> and trust me on that. I the did guns not that remember were in that movie you were, were in that real. movie. What? Yeah, I know because I seem older. I played a character named James Brown. He was a heroin addicted snitch. Yeah, that was you. Yep. Yeah, I was so glad to have that role. Because that's exactly what I was talking about. I was talking about Crown Park. Oh, see, yeah, that's what I was, I was thinking. Sorry. I was like, that's got to be the one. Yeah, yeah. And, and, wow. and, and that's like movie where the guns in that film were real guns. Right, right. And uh, it was a lot of things. And that was a little too authentic. Right. <laughs> so at this point, you know, I think Clockers was the one that, you know, after that happened, and we started seeing the, 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 the many movies that came out where... Was real hood dudes doing real hood things. real hood dudes mm-hmm. yeah to the point mm-hmm. where it was like this needs to be on DVD and we need to only watch this in the barbershop exactly right <laughs> right you know, exactly you put it on the big screen somebody gonna go to jail right supreme right but um so what I've then going back now really appreciated about Clock is having seen all of these movies after it was the construction of it and um like how it was put you know how well it was put together and the actors in it and how at the time. Makai stood out to me as I was like, man, he seems kind of amateur compared to the other dudes, but he felt like exactly his character was supposed to be like a right. guy who's on the outskirts. Right. Yeah, right. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. These right. other dudes seem very well placed in this world, and you always knew that Strike wanted something different. Right. Yeah. So it was right. like a genius in the casting of that. Yeah. 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 You know, and that's um, that's Robbie Reed, Robbie right? Reed. Yeah. That's yep. Robbie Reed. Yeah, Robbie. Robbie. Spike worked with. Fit. Years, yeah. Years. I mean, from the college friends, as yeah. far as I know, legend, legend in the casting world. Yeah, yeah. You she's know? major. She's major. Yeah. So, wow. That that was one of the things I did. One thing that stood out to me too, uh, because before we get too deep into it, was the opening song by Mark Dorsey. <laughs> I'm a fan of the Clocker yeah. soundtrack. Right. Me too. Yeah, I'm a fan of the Clocker soundtrack. Was, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's great mm-hmm. music on that. But that that was our introduction, I think, to the world of Mark Dorsey. Mm-hmm. And was it really? Was this his? That was, as far as I know, on the mainstream. It may be, tab, yeah. Because then Spike used him again for uh, on a song on the the uh, Crooklyn soundtrack. Right, right. Oh, right. so no. Well, Crooklyn no, was Crooklyn before. Was first. Yeah, so yeah, first. Yeah, okay, that's what I was about to this say. All right, nailed it then. Yeah, <laughs> that's when he got it right. Yeah, nah, he was. He had it. No, 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 man. Yeah. And I, I ran into. Okay, this is gonna happen every now and again. I ran into him <laughs> at a party. Dog. And it's like, yo, it's Mark Dorsey. This. <laughs> it's like, yo, you're Mark Darcy. Like, you know, and I'm like, man, I really love that song, whatever, whatever. And I guess he had a tough time with his record company after this song came out. Okay. So he was kind of like, I'm quitting music. Oh, dad. And I felt really? like I had to give this dude a pep talk in the club. Like, right, right, right. <laughs> you can't quit. Right, right. We need you. Right, exactly. We need this voice. Right. And I really haven't heard anything from him since that moment. I don't think I've heard much. I that, don't think I have. That either. story didn't end the way I wanted that I know story I wanted to end. It. I mean, he did the hook on the LL Cool J record. But, but that's uh, about right. it. Yeah. You know, uh, that's about it. And even that was just quit. like. Yeah. Right, 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 right. Yeah, it was just, you know, it was. That's uh, a hook. Right. You know what I mean? Right. But um, but even that, though, it's, it's a surprising lack of hip hop on the soundtrack. Right. Like, 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 when in the you know played during the movie, like every like you know you talked about the opening scene, right? Where you had a, the Crooklyn Dodgers, and and then you know it's not a whole lot of hip hop. Like it is, you know, sort of vocals, and you, you yeah, know, you call yeah. it almost neo soul now. And you know, I, I always think that's purposeful. 
Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, the Spike Lee, so everything is purposeful. Mm-hmm. And I remember um, when he talked about he got game, and he had all the orchestral music from. Um, damn, I just forgot his name, but the, but the dude who makes um, modern classical music, basically. And he talked about how you know you kind of have these disparate sounds okay. with the action okay. going on. So right. I thought about that listening to it this yeah. time too. Yeah, that definitely had a big uh, impact on it because it, it created a good uh, juxtaposition where you have this beautiful kind of you know laid back, like you said, jazzy neo soul kind right, of music, right. and, it, and and it's placed on the backdrop with these with all the street activity. Right, right, right. You know. So it, it made for a good kind, you know, right. or, or the actual pictures of the actual bodies. Oh, that was yeah, that's right. The, that's the song you know, Mark sang. Was over, right, like, over the and those were the actual. Intro. No, they, those were staged, but they looked so real. Were they? they were staged. I read that in one of Spike's books. Yeah, okay. they were staged because yeah. some of them repeat when, uh, later in the film, like oh, really? when they see okay. that back that uh, flashback oh, to right. Delroy yeah. Lindo, like a couple of a couple of them. But it was interesting in the beginning, like because when they first show. They show in such a way that it could almost look artistic because it's so intense, the close up. Right. That it could look like just some kind of like splattered paint, you know, picture. And then as they're pulling back and you like see like an eye or a bullet hole, you're like, oh, whoa, whoa, yeah. whoa, what, whoa, what are we seeing here? You yeah. know, it's, but it, um, it did create for some very powerful imagery, especially with the song mm-hmm. that is playing that. On, on the backdrop which really had like a like almost like a a, a, a lost Stevie Wonder track kind of sound yeah, to it I was like I was like I, that's yeah. Mark oh yeah but I'm like I'm swearing I'm like looking through like you can hear Stevie that, right? <laughs> I'm hearing like Stevie like yeah. wait a minute is that, is that like on the B like, side or something Stevie said I ain't working with you no more <laughs> and Spike said okay I got a part two. <laughs> I'm gonna go ahead and say that that was Aaron Copeland doing the music, and he got game. Yes. Because if right. I don't, Someone's I'm going to listen to this later. Oh, I was going to pump it in, but the and I'm going to be yelling at my phone. <laughs> Aaron Copeland. Aaron Copeland. Yeah. Aaron so Copeland. right, I forgot about that. This is to keep me up. from yelling at me. <laughs> cool. Like a week from now. <laughs> <laughs> like. Like, I mean, we talking, right? Like, I was listening to Claudine last week. On oh, a review of Claudine. And I said that Diane Carroll's biography was called The Legs Are the First Thing to Go. It's actually called The Legs Are the Last Thing to Go. Oh, damn. So I was sitting in the car by myself yelling at myself. Is this too much information? No. I feel like this I mean, is too much information. I mean, I'm just going no. to know you fellas. So okay. No, it's all good. Just, uh, you know, so, we're in that stage. So, you know, you know. You're doing confessionals. He's name dropping all over the place. <laughs> I'm just sitting here with my vodka and cranberry. Just enjoying the scenery. So it's all good, dog. It is all good. It's a very special episode very of the Michelle Mission. It's funny that y'all like really keeping up for the music and everything. And I know, you know, Terrence Blanchard is, you know, longtime partner with Spike Lee. Mm-hmm. But I've always felt this about Terrence Blanchard, but more so in this movie. I find sometimes his music as it's used in the movie, not the music itself, because the music itself you can't knock. It's beautiful. It's, it's great. But I've found a lot of times the music, the, the score to be distracting mm. in this You've film. said that before. Like, you, you're it's, pretty consistent it's just, with that. It's so over the top sometimes, on top of the scene. Um, and I can understand that a, a lot of times the music is not... I think it's purposefully trying... 
running counter to the t- the the mood or tone of whatever the scene is, mm-hmm. you know, and I, I can appreciate that. But maybe it's the mix of the move of the music or whatever. It's it sometimes it pulls me out of the scene, and I really felt it in this movie a lot. Um, like I told you, Vince, I thought that I had seen this film before. I never saw. I had never seen Clockers. I think every time I think I've seen Clockers, I'm thinking of Crooklyn. Just, you know, thinking of the two C movies back to back. Like, oh, yeah, I saw that one. I saw that one. And they're from this moment. Right, exactly. You know what I mean? Well, one thing we can say about Spike is he's not really known for his subtlety. Yeah. Yeah. It's not so much Terrence Blanchard as it is just Spike being like, turn it up. That's what I say, because maybe it's just the mix of it. You know what I mean? Definitely. You know, that's a, a. think a beautiful thing about Spike's film that can also sometimes be a crutch is that he will make it plain. Yeah. Right. You know, and I think he, I, I feel like sometimes it's not bad to do that because some of the images that I noticed in the film tend to be a little bit abstract. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. then when he puts in like just the, the blatant stuff, right. it's like, okay, he manages to capture a complete audience. Right, right, that, right, right. You know. And, and it's funny, we were, um, I was thinking about Chirac watching this because you know i think why would you do that to yourself well you know i think (laughs) i think spike has these moments where he slips into like angry old guy so like you know there's a conversation in here where where the um where the crew is talking about hip-hop that's right early in the film and it's very much written by somebody who doesn't necessarily love hip-hop like, you know, you have these dudes saying, you know, oh, we're not going to like Chuck D. We need a dude who actually shoots people. And that's the hotness right there. And it's like, come on. Oh, Spike, stop. Like, like we've never had that. Conversation. Like, no one. Like, no, <laughs> right. Right. No one actually has that conversation. Yeah. And then, um, you know, it's an image. And I think this is the first movie that he has it. But it pops up again a couple of times. The um, the malt liquor, the bomb oh, malt yeah, liquor. The bomb. Yeah. Where, you see where, the little commercial. Yeah, where he runs that in the next couple of films. Right, right, right. and it's like, okay, Spike, we get it. Yes, malt liquor is the scourge of the ghetto. We, yeah. <laughs> but I kind of like that. See, that's what I'm saying. That, that's the perfect right, right, right. His heavy-handedness. Yeah, I dig the fact that he's ringing home that yo, you can only find malt liquor in the hood. Yes, and they glorify malt liquor in that way. Right. So yeah. I dig that. I'm like, I'm all right. I'll give you a pass on that. But yeah, that conversation was probably the worst moment in the movie. Yeah. And then it's weird because you know Fredo. Um, Fredo Fredo Star and um, um, Sticky Fingers. Sticky yeah. Fingers are there who were members of Onyx. So then it's this weird kind of. But they both were on the murder side and they talked murder. Didn't murder, murder, murder? Yeah, they yeah. both were on the murder side. Right. No, no, actually, Fredo, he, when he was on the Chuck D team. In, in, in the beginning, but then he, 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 you see it because they, you know. Yeah. He's not subtle, Spike. He actually crosses over and right, right, onto and goes the, and sits with the other dude. Right, right, yeah, right. So. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it was that part was a little tough for me. Yeah, and then and then watching it again, right, mm-hmm. right. I, at, at the time when I saw the movie, I was of the same age of the characters. Exactly, and I, and right. I was never have this kind of conversation. Exactly, exactly. And then as a grown person, I was like, it still feels like something I would write now about trap music. Exactly. That's that's, that's, that's exactly, exactly the conversation, right. and that's, that's the conversation hip hop heads are having now right. about trap music. And anytime you, know I mean? you catch yourself having it, you need to say, okay. I'm on my old man yeah, stuff I'm right now. Right, right, right. Exactly. Right. <laughs> that's, what you, that's what it is. Exactly. You have a clockers moment. You know, have a clockers moment. Had their garbage hip hop. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? yeah. It's funny what I was um, 
what I took from that scene and then some of the other scenes is as good as Makai Pfeiffer is in this movie. And he is. I do. I can also see where some shades of the amateurishness or like, you know, his, you know, this being his first, it's greenness coming through. As good as he is, I was taken by how really good Sticky Fingers is in this movie. Them dudes are actors, man. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. They, yeah. Was on, they were both yeah. on point, those, man. They got their thing and they do it. Yeah. Right? You know what I'm saying? So I'm never mad when I see those cats. No. Uh, you know, jokey, jokey, jokey. Fredo Starr was really good on um, Moesha. Oh, yeah. He, he was. was on Moesha. Yeah, that's for years. true. For what he had to do. No, yeah. 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 No yeah, doubt. I was, yeah, you know. You know. <laughs> yeah. You kind of think, oh, it's a little dismissive show, but you know, Shirley Ralph is on there. Right, so we turned, we tuned in. It, yeah, exactly, exactly, yeah, yeah, exactly. So, so you know, Randy had another show. Nobody tuned into that one. No, yeah. <laughs> no, <laughs> no. But this is not the diss Randy I'm show. Not taking, I'm not taking shots. I was on that show. Okay? Yeah, yeah. Sorry, I was coming back. Yeah, just having fun. Right, 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 right. Man, I just want to be clear. Like you were like, oh yeah, he diss Randy. No, You'll be getting the hate mail with Lynn, the, the last dragon hate mail. Oh, I'm going to yeah. put all of y'all. <laughs> no, that is definitely not a disc. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. 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 Yeah, right. It's all making, good. Making it's all good. I know we came to this television show to watch our show. <laughs> <laughs> we move on. As he sips this drink. <laughs> Bartender. <laughs> Um, no, but um, they, they, like you said, yeah, there are moments in there where you can tell the the, the greenness of it all. When yeah. It comes to but I think that I just think as an older person now, looking at it again with, with a different eye, mm-hmm. it adds to the charm of yes. strike is right. Yeah, yes. right, right, right. And, and, and I'm I'm this is my own particular style that I, of actors that I enjoy are I prefer a person to give a reading of a line that sounds like how people really talk. Versus mm-hmm. the actively way that people kind of decided they want to talk, especially when playing like street characters. There's a certain cadence that you know it's almost Fifty Cent ish, yeah, that people feel like they should take in order to sound like authentic hood people, right? right. Whereas I think The Wire kind of just completely shattered that. Yeah, but right. The Wire, it was like there was only one way they wanted brothers to talk on screen, right? Right, and when Mackay came in he was very authentic in New York he's a Harlem dude all day like it's clear yeah, right right, right. Know, he doesn't have to act it and so it came across and yeah. all those other guys this, I mean man when you look at the cast of, let's talk about the dudes on the bench since we're talking about Sticky Fingers yo and, um, you're Fred, talking about The Wire you yeah, named out The Wire you got Haas, Hassan Johnson mm-hmm. I, I think that was his first movie yep yeah uh, who, know, who went on to play Weebay Weebay in the, the Wire. Wire yeah Omari Nolasco who did Work on um, American Crime. That's where I saw. I yeah. couldn't remember okay. where I saw him yeah, from. Yeah. yeah. So you know, shouts out again, Ronnie Reed. Like she, knows yeah, where, she knows yeah. Where she, they are. She's got a good eye. She she's, knows where yeah, they are, yeah. All those dudes on the bench have a career. Right. Yeah. Right. Right. You know, all of those guys we've seen before. You know, and we constantly see. <laughs> right. And, and it's funny you brought up the wire. I think this was the first time I saw a depiction of street crime, you know, drug dealing. Right. And it was depicted as something kind of cerebral. 
Like, like you know, when they show the scene of how, you, you know, like... They, they send the signals to each you other. Know, they send the signals to each other, and, you know, you give the money to one person, and then you pick it up somewhere else. That was the first place I had ever seen that on screen. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, once the wire came out, then it turned into this, you know, everybody understood that oftentimes it's a chess game between these right. two sides. And I remember in 95 going, that's... Like this is a real thing right here. Like, like you, you know, because you, you know, I mean, I, I, I wasn't no criminal. Well, we all from certain neighborhoods, but I know things. criminals, right? right. right. <laughs> you know, so <laughs> right, like yeah, you know, all these people things. running up and doing stuff. Like, I don't. That's this doesn't seem like what I thought it was. You know, you drive through and see. Now I'm talking. You know, I got relatives would tell me how much a corner costs. In Baltimore, and you know, you got to pay wow. rent on the corner. The inside, yeah. yeah, he got the inside dope, most certainly. It is a <laughs> book called um, Black Picket Fences by Mary Patillo McCoy, where she talks about sort of being black and how no matter where we're from, most of us have relatives mm-hmm. pretty much that run the spectrum, and yeah. how that's a blessing and a curse. And like the curse part is a lot of us can get into situations that our white counterparts wouldn't necessarily get in because they don't have cousins. So that's the curse. But then the blessing is we have a perspective like like we, you know, you get to have conversations with people you wouldn't necessarily have conversations. So that's my long way of saying I got criminal ass cousins. (laughs) (laughs) So you, you know it well. You're not well. Which one of your character? Which one of your cousins was the actual person on the wire? I knew. Based on real people, Uh, you know, it was filmed in Baltimore. So, like, yeah. So, you know, I knew a couple of dudes on the. Yeah, I'm sure. But you know, a lot of those characters were based on. Oh, absolutely. So, if you're a Baltimore dude, you might identify someone. Technically, I'm a Baltimore County dude. Okay, oh, but I got oh, that, now he only owning owning the county. Wow, he got suddenly cousin. got so private school. Hey, hey. <laughs> I got well, real private well, school. Well, you know, I don't want nobody. I don't want nobody. I don't want nobody. Let's say, let's know his ass went nowhere in no streets. It's like wow, I didn't say I was in no streets. I said I had cousins. Were you in Jack and Jill? You know what? It's so funny you should say that. I was not. Okay. <laughs> I said, no, no, Jay, I wasn't. No, 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 no. Hey, I was about to say, my parents were, you know, my dad, truck driver, mother, yeah. a, a nurse. But now, you know, my wife, I'm like, you know, we need to get in Jack and Jay. these kids around some other black kids, you know, because it's that the whole, it's the whole having, oh, just being around some black kids. Why do oh, we get on this? Like, you know, know, you want your black kids around other black kids. No, I know one. I know very well. So, you know, we, yeah. it's like, well, what are the avenues to get your black kids around other black kids? It's like Jack and Jill. So I'm like, my wife, you know, they don't need to get in Jack because, you know, it's a, it's a woman's organization. Technically. Mm-hmm. So it's like, you know, we need to get into Jack and my wife, you know, my wife ain't really feeling all that. So. Kudos to her for that. There's a Jack and Jill conversation ongoing in my house. <laughs> so when I was watching Clockers. Oh, yes. <laughs> As you we were saying, Rodney, the drug dealer. <laughs> it's funny that you bring up the scene about, you know, them giving the signals. One of the things that I noticed with this move, um, with it not being Ernest Dickerson doing the cinematography, it's now... Um, Malik Saeed. Malik, Malik Saeed, who mm-hmm. also did Girl Six. Yes. Um, did belly. he? Oh, he did Belly. Well, I knew he did Girl Six with Spike. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, what I, one of the things that I noticed is that there's a lot of times in the film, 
the 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 images or the cinematography changes kind of like to fit the scene so like that scene where they're doing all the signals and everything Mm -hmm. it almost goes like real handheld and like and and looks almost like cinema verite like you're in the moment like you're in the street you know what i mean as opposed to like a a more staged you know like movie scene of mm-hmm. the, like them being uh, like Harvey Keitel and the cops being like in uh, the um, the victim's uh, mother's apartment. You know right. what I mean? Or then it would uh, change again to the scene where uh, Harvey Keitel is talking to the young boy about how he. You know the story that he should right. tell to a get himself scene. off. Mm-hmm. That is a fantastic scene. scene, especially the way that they shoot it. Um, it, 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 it but it, Pee Wee loved the little kid. He was awesome. Oh, oh man, now, but, yeah, he did yeah, work. Yeah. He did work in this movie. Um, but I, I like the way that the, that constantly shifted throughout the film. That right. that's what I noticed anyway. So right. there's a little bit more variety of it. Sometimes, sometimes it played as a maybe trying a little bit too hard but i appreciated mm-hmm. the effort anyway so well, I, you know so much of the film is is about what is the truth mm-hmm. where you know you have all right. all of these depictions of what happened at the murder and, and you know we we end up finding out that what we you know it's like what you kind of think is this fake story is in a lot of ways more more truthful than you think it is so it, it it's it's almost you know because I don't know if this would be the cinematographer, but like that diffused light effect that they do with the mm-hmm. reenactments. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And they show all of it. So I, I think I agree with you. I agree with you how you see all of those different effects from scene to scene. Yeah. And you know, we're talking about like all of the performances. This is an, another film that for the most part, it could, some people would say it's like a, um, filled with tour de forces yeah. for for men. Yeah. You figure this is Mackay Pfeiffer, yeah. Delroy Lindo, yeah. Isaiah Washington doing like, yeah, you know, awesome. doing great work yeah. in this film. Yeah, I mean like yeah. Isaiah Washington. You know, it's what isn't that kind of Spike's thing like kind of like leaving yeah. the women out of the mix? Yeah, unfortunately. You think about the female roles in this. I can't see any woman being that excited about any one of the parts that right. are there. It's just my baby, right. leave my baby right. alone. He told you he did it. Believe him. Right. You know yeah, what I'm saying? Right. Yeah, that's right. true. Like, I mean, or, and she's awesome. Mm-hmm. Right. You know what I'm saying? All the actresses, but they're all women who are like, please leave, leave. They're playing these kind of stock characters that right. you need right. in the hood. Yeah, right. movies. The, the yeah. young defiant mother, yeah, banging on the kid's head, or you know, just. I, mean, I almost never see women on screen. I, I mean, the one time I do remember a woman standing out very much so in this movie, uh, it, it, it was kind of, and I saw it again, and it messed me up a little bit. Was when Fredro, no, Sticky, selling the crack, and the, the woman comes up, yeah. and he's like, "Yo, you pregnant though, ma? Like, right, right, I'm, I'm right. not gonna have you up here again, right?" And I was like, "I'm glad that they put that in there, right?" You know what I'm saying? Because then later on, you know, that's like coming right behind Big. Biggie's song where Big was like, right. you know, I'll give, a, I'll sell pregnant women, whatever, right, right, you right, know, right, right, selling crack, whatever, you know. It was he, it's coming behind that because I was like, it was a nice subtle way of showing that dudes want to get their money and they're gonna get their money, but 
they, there is some thought about they're, it. They're not monsters. Right. Right. I, although I believe if she came back, he probably would have still well, sold. Of course. I do. I didn't get, it would have been the same conversation. Right, right, right. Yeah. <laughs> right. But he just, I think he felt enough about it where he was like, I got to say something to her. Right, right. Mm-hmm. That moment. It. And then I questioned too whether, because, you know, I've only been but so close to the crack situations and crack smoking. Right. Like, mm-hmm. you know, you see it, you look away, you keep walking. But they look like they really knew their way around crack pipes. Right. Right. <laughs> right. I, that part was a little yeah. it was a little nerve wracking. Right. I was right. Like, Did they get them like real crack was smoking? Right. These are real I believe real crack was involved at some point. Either it was like, listen, you can't smoke it on camera right but if right. you just show us how you do it we're gonna give it to you later. either that or they had some documentary footage right, like, right 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 no but those women were the women who well, we that's true to yeah, and yeah they, they, the right. they fired up and they had them fingers that you because we you we've seen the, i've been on the train we right, right, see right, the crack right, right. you that's know true. what crack looks like on right, his fingers right. yeah and, and they had the crack fingers funny thing is it's 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 documentary evidence though like you don't see that really like that in the city anymore not in that part of brooklyn no. Yeah. That's why. That's why right, they, right. Nelson George did the documentary later on. Right. Right. And they sat on those same steps that that uh, that Strike was on. Mm-hmm. And Spike, he was interviewing Spike, and Spike was like, "Yeah, look at this. Look at this. Yeah. You know, yeah. It was like this white lady pushing the baby carriage on the same right. exact steps that Strike. Yeah. Was standing up. Yeah. yeah. Is that good or bad? Depends on who you ask. Ah. Depends on who you ask. Because oh, I mean, I think we asked ask Strike's grandma. Or you know, or Strike's mother, she would be like, she's glad to see it. You know, you ask Strike's mother, but if you ask a lot of other residents of Brooklyn, you ask Spike Lee, he's not glad to see and it. And is Strike can Strike's mother still live in Brooklyn? Like, does she think that it's nice from Jersey? Yeah, no, from the Bronx because that's what they're sending them. <laughs> that's what they're sending people who can't afford to live in Brooklyn. You can't afford to live in Jersey. Jersey's right, right. come up, right? Right, right, right. right. You ask to the way deep ends of the Bronx. Right, right, yeah, right. So, I mean. That's a whole nother conversation. That's a whole nother conversation. That's a whole nother conversation. Whole We're here to talk about clockers. Yeah, yeah. We're here to talk about clockers. Um, was there any other, like, uh, anything else that stood out about you this time around with clockers, Dorian? Um, yeah. You know what? I noticed that I felt like, and I'm, I'm usually, uh, he, this guy, this is one actor, Steve White, who uh, played Daryl Adams. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And he's yeah. like, you know, kind of at this point, I think this might have been the last time I saw him in a Spike movie. But before that, we kind of got used to seeing him in Spike's movie. Mm-hmm. Right. And I felt like he stood out in a bad way in this one. <laughs> really? I felt like Daryl, I think that Steve White was in a different movie than everybody. He was. Right. Right. He was definitely yeah. on his comedy. You know, yeah, definitely. It was like as if it was like he was going for something that like he was auditioning for another movie. Right. 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 <laughs> Because and so it bothered me because <laughs> I was like I want them to shoot Daryl Adams. Maybe I was, that's I was what about they want to say. Us to I, feel. Right, right. I didn't feel bad when he was dead. Yeah. yeah. And I was thinking to myself like as much as they make Strike feel as like he's an outsider and he's not really a dude about violence or whatever. Mm-hmm. Even the softest dude punched this guy in the face. Yeah. Talking all that crazy talk. <laughs> yeah. Boom. Gotcha. Ha <laughs> ha. I would have knocked that dude out. Yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> we needed to take two on that one, man. Because <laughs> your humanity isn't coming across. Yeah, I was like, we needed to take two. Like everybody else is, we got like somebody should have pulled them aside, like Steve and Sal, man. We got Harvey Keitel this morning, <laughs> Jonathan Turo. It's right. like some heavy hitters, man. That right there, going Yo, Steve. Rock. Steve He's uh, like, this is good. There's a guy who's going to be making movies in about 15 years. Oh, he boy. will hire you to do just <laughs> that. <laughs> <laughs> 
like House Party Five, the new generation. Yeah, is, yeah, starring the kids from the right. immature, right, right, yeah, right. Yeah. right, and Little Bow Wow was right. like the thug, yeah, right. Steve, that would have been a great performance for that movie, right, right. So that was the only thing that really pissed me off, man. But I also thought it was interesting <laughs> when Daryl Adams died and they put his hand on his crotch before they zipped up the um, yeah, yeah. The, uh, yeah, you know, the body bag, and I was like, "Oh, as much as I ain't like that dude, that was cold blooded. You don't go out like that." Yeah, I have to say though, um, as as kind of like hard as it was to watch, that whole scene where the cops are standing around him and they're just like matter of factly with their conversations about him being shot and just saying all types of stuff. Mm-hmm. As a scene, I love that scene. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Um, because it was. It just played so. Well, first of all, I thought the acting was great in it. Yeah, the, and I thought the dialogue was just on on point. And I thought that the juxtaposition between them joking versus the images that they were showing, which were truly horrific, when they lifted up his yeah, head, and it kind of stuck. I, I still smelled it. Yeah, like, when, they, when they still they thought they smelled them. Yeah, I still smelled it. Yeah, yeah. I, I I really enjoy. I thought that was like a v- extremely powerful scene. One of the mm-hmm. better scenes I've ever seen. Spike direct. I really liked that. Yeah, it was well performed. Yeah, but the, the the casualness of it all is right. what made it feel. So painful, yeah, right. right. Because I mean, the reality, the fact is, these guys see this kind of stuff every day, every kind of day. frequently, yeah. If not and every the day, at least every other day, right. yeah. And, and, and they didn't care about the victim, exactly. Well, well, they didn't care about the victim, but they kind of get across. You, you know, their argument was, y'all don't even care about yourselves, mm-hmm. so why should I care? Right. Yeah, which you know, is an argument that's still going on. It's right an now. argument, but, yeah, but you that, know, that's that that's is. kind of the twist of a knife. It's like, damn. Yeah, so that's yeah. that's most people's uh, defense as to why they're on the all lives matter versus black lives. Exactly, matter. right? Exactly. That moment right there sums it all up. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Twenty years ago. Yeah. And right. How we about are still that? Talking about yeah, that. seeing you know still fighting that same imagery. Did anybody notice? This is this is this is this is a good one. Harry Lennox. Yes. Yes, I did. Did he say anything? No, he didn't. I don't think he spoke. I he, think they must have cut his scene because Harry Lennox ain't yeah, no, I'm going to be an yeah. extra kind of actor. He was in the church when um, Isaiah Washington turned himself in. He's he the was pastor. One of the, he you was, didn't know he no, was he's not the pastor. Cop. So that means he was in there twice because I didn't see him in the church. Yeah, okay. Yeah. I saw him when they were leaving the projects. Oh. Cops. I think when they first came Oh, in, I didn't did see the, him that and time. I saw him I, walking away. I, I saw like, him in the church. I remember Harry being in this movie. Yeah. And then as the movie went on, I was like, Harry wasn't in this movie. So they must have cut his scene. Right. Yeah. Which I wonder if part of the reason that they cut the scene was because he was a black cop and they were and Spike was trying to control how many scenes black cops were in. Because there's I, really only that one cop. Yeah. Well there's the cop. there's the captain who you you know yeah. who they had who they had to apologize to oh, at yeah, the station. That's right, that's right, that's and right. then there's Keith David. Right. Yes. See, and that they needed that's all they needed because the the cop at the the captain was all lives matter. Right, all right, matter, right, right. Keep Dave's definitely on some Black Lives Matter. Right. Yes. So you, you only needed those two to right, tell that right. story. And, that aspect of the and, story. And, you know, the, scene, the, the scenes with the policemen talking about the dead bodies were so striking because it's like five white policemen mm-hmm. around this body. Right. You know, talking about, you, you know, oh, you know, he caught the bullet and it's like. On the black hand side. On the black hand, right, Ooh, right. Putting the hand on feelings. the crotch. Yeah, yeah, man. I hate for somebody to be talking about me over my dead body like that. I, right. And that's right. what you're thinking when you're watching that man. film, man. Ooh. 
Right. So. Yeah. Yeah. You, you, I couldn't help but when they were saying that, and like you're saying, the casualness of, of mm-hmm. what they're saying and everything like that, I was immediately taken to the scene that we've all seen on video where that uh, that young guy, and I'm sorry, I'm drawing a blank on his name, but you see him like in the middle of the street. Um, I think he's like a protester, and they shot him, killed him in the street. Um, oh, man, I can't think of I wish I could think of his name. The video in question is the October 2014th shooting of Laquan McDonald in Chicago by Officer Jason Van Dyke of the Chicago Police Department. McDonald was not a protester. He was actually a suspect in some automobile thefts and some damage to property that police were following at the time, at least according to reports. Um, Nevertheless, the video of his uh, shooting shot 16 times in a matter of 30 seconds by officer uh, Van Dyke in this video um, is horrific to see and regardless of the crimes that he may have been accused of or suspected of the shooting was apparently unwarranted and um, that's the video that we were referencing and I can imagine, like the next scene is the ca- is the cops talking over his body mm-hmm. right. in much that same yeah, very casual, ca- casual just, way, just, or even when they are um, talking over uh, the body of um, now I'm drawing back on the other name Fruitville Station, um, Oscar yeah. um, over Oscar's body, over Oscar's body yeah. in Fruitville Station, like because. It's different from the conversation that's happening now, because now when they when they have it, you know, it's big time. You know, you uh, people got their cell phones out. You, you, right. you know, yeah, yeah. It's Philando um, Castile. Mm-hmm. So, but back then, it would have been with that same casualness, mm-hmm. and and that's where that scene took me, which made it just that much more horrific, right, for me. Um, well, well, I, I remember at the time, like, like. During you were talking about Spike Lee was making these proclamations about you know this mm-hmm. is the final stamp on which I re- he eventually took back yeah but but you know I remember him in interviews saying that he wanted to show the repercussions of violence uh, and and you you know you wanted to spend time in the period after mm-hmm. these bodies were dead on the streets so you know I think a lot of that you know a lot of that conversation where where you know. We don't see, um, we don't see, which call it get killed. I mean, do we see any murders? I mean, we see, um, we see Errol get killed that's at the Errol. end. That's yep. it. That's but that's but that's we don't see. All we see is the aftermath. The aftermath. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you know, I think that's deliberate. No Be- question about it. You know. That. Yeah, and I hadn't thought about it until you just said it, which is another reason why this movie I think is brilliant. Yeah. Just take out that park bench conversation, and he he really knocked it out. There. Box. Yeah. Just take out that little commentary on rap, right, right, on, right. Or, or as I'm sure he said, hippity hop, because that's what it seems like. <laughs> right, you know, right, right. These kids in there hippity hop. Yeah. We just took that out. You know, we all. It's like a masterpiece of. Yeah, yeah. See, but here's the here's where ultimately I come down on against this film. 
Oh, really? Is that... Oh, man. I didn't even think that was an option. Okay. I love this. I love being here. Dorian, Dorian, it's always an option. I love being here. It was like a left hook from nowhere. Because I feel like there's a lot... First of all, I think that the story is a very... It's a good story, but it's a thin story. Let's be honest. It's a thin story. Um, This movie is two hours and eight minutes long. That's probably 15 minutes too long to me. I feel like there's a lot of padding in here. There's a lot of like Harvey Keitel going back to Stryker with basically the same information that he had 20 minutes before. Mm-hmm. I'm like, he knew he knew at the beginning of the film that Stryker was with his brother at the bar. Mm-hmm. You don't he doesn't tell him until like hour hour and 45 minutes into the movie. Now, I can understand him withholding that information because he's checking on stuff and everything like that. But by then, he's kind of already broken down Stryker to the point where I would have thought he would have introduced that a lot sooner. But more so, what was bothering me is that, and I do find this sometimes in a lot of Spike's films, is that as opposed to dialogues, there are there are a lot of monologues. There are a lot of monologues that are are written to, just like you said, to provide some commentary on something that he wants to speak about, whether mm-hmm. it be hip-hop, whether it be um, people's addiction to uh, uh, crack cocaine from the, from the uh, viewpoint of the, the drug dealer, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Whether it be the cop's viewpoint on black people. And when when the story is strong or the moment is there such as in a movie like do the right thing i feel that i feel the power of of those words but on top of a thin story like this it just felt like padding it just felt like just padding to get the script to a certain word count and it mm. i really I, while there was don't get me wrong i thought a lot of those those monologues were excellently delivered. I mean, you had got Keith David, Delroy Lindo, you know, Harvey Keitel, whatever they're saying is going to be worth, you know, listening to, but it still had the, the it still hit my ear as padding on the script. And it just, I, I was, Man, I didn't you, like it. You, you, you won't retort. Yeah. I'm, you just, I, the only thing I'm going to say about that is, you know, I, there are because as you said it, I started to think of little moments where I was like oh yeah I could have done without such a long moment of him teaching the kid about the drug game and tying it in with the, with the toy the, 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 the you know the trains the trains right. and everything because right. that scene that scene didn't work that well for me I think because there's two reasons I think because it was Makai and a young kid both of them green green and right. so it's hard for that scene to work at that moment mm-hmm you know, because mm-hmm. the, the dialogue and it was so heavy handy. So there's that. But then also I found it interesting that you, you said that you compared it to the storyline of Do the Right Thing in terms of like, I didn't feel like Do the Right Thing's story was that strong. It was, we were just so into the characters and the day in the life of the characters. But really, is a thin right, right. It's a, it is a thin it, it's story. It's a day in the life, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. Right. It's a thin story, like trying to explain to somebody what it's about. You end up just telling them the whole movie instead of, True. you know, it's right. not that. 
Whereas I think clock is you can tell them exactly what it's about. See, but exactly. while that's a while, but while uh, uh, do the right thing is a day in a life, I can appreciate it because it is just a day in the life. This is at the end to me is kind trying to be at part uh, um, kind of like a. a a crime story, a crime drama, sure. you know what I mean? Um, and, and with that, these big soliloquies, I felt just took away from the story. I think they could, you could have just added a little bit more to the story. Here is my read on that. And, and, and we mentioned it in passing. I think so much of this film is about mentorship and, and fatherhood an absent fatherhood about to say, yeah, lack and of. surrogate fathers. Mm-hmm. And what I got, because I, I, I agree with you about the, the presence of the monologues, but I think if you look at especially the, the Keith David monologues and the, the Delroy Lindo, who who is magnificent in this thing. Fresh off the world when he did this. Yeah, I mean, he's just a, a beast. Um, So much of it is... Is 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 sort of like how we think about not a parent teaching a child, but a father speaking to a son, mm-hmm. and and you know, and even the Harvey Keitel part where where you know, Strike is in the middle of this of, of sort of this three way prong mm-hmm. between Keith David, Delroy Lindo, and Harvey Keitel. So what I read that as was again Strike sort of being in the middle of all this and you have these men these older men sort of coming at him with directive with lesson with warning with all this stuff and then he has to kind of figure out how to navigate it and and you know maybe this is a generous read but when he sort of imitates the cadence of these father figures with this younger boy. I was about to take back my statement and listen to what you said. It sounds <laughs> it sounds like a younger man mm-hmm. imitating his father. And then we get that of course at the end where you had the 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 uh the boy kind of you know repeating Re- repeating what, what he what heard strike told him about the trains. Yeah. So again, I don't think I disagree with you. I just read it a little differently. And that might be generous. I don't know, man, because when you're saying it now, it sounds dead on. Right. And it sounds very prolific. And well, it's, it's the know. jazz playing, too. Yeah, that that kind of yeah, helps. Yeah, so, yeah, you know. You know it's it's a lot smarter. With a saxophone right. coolly blowing in the background. That's so true. Like if like if Yakety Sax was playing behind me, I was like, you know, it wouldn't sound so. Why did you say yes, sir, boss? Right. I get him do a cakewalk across the room and uh-huh. well, speaking to that monologue that's, that that uh, Strike had with the kid when he's telling him about you know explaining things to him. It also goes into the who kids decide to idolize when there is no dad around, right? Because right, yeah, his yeah, landlord yeah. was a good guy. You right. know what I'm saying? Very kind, nice guy. A little clueless, apparently. I was but, about uh, to say oblivious. Yeah, quite clueless. <laughs> However, he still was just like you know. In the perfect world, if if well, if this movie had been directed by you know a white guy or something like that, right, this dude probably would have had a bigger role, right, and to make it seem like you know there are some good positive role models, right. Whereas Spike used one line to dismiss that guy all the way, <laughs> right. 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 right, right. He's talking right. to the kid and he said, 
Man, don't listen to him. He's old and poor. <laughs> and if that is not in a nutshell, why so many kids in bad and you know in a, in, in, in downtrodden neighborhoods decided to go one way versus right, another? Right. It wasn't because a lot of some people are like the role models aren't there. They aren't there. They are there. Right. But it's not something that we as young people aspire to be. Right. Yeah. Right. I don't aspire to be old and poor. Right. I want to be young and fly. Or you have Keith David, who is a good role model. Yeah, sweatpants don't fit right. Like, but he real guy. He real rough and tumble though. Yeah. Nobody like, want to be that dude. Right. Plus, yeah, those weren't even Tim's plus, that he had on. Right. Those was the joints that you get a favor. Plus, he might <laughs> actually and really whoop your ass in the middle of the project. I know, right? That was crazy. That's when I noticed he had on the favors. Right, right. Because I was like, yo, Keith Davis' boots look real And then like, talk about how he's, he's going to murder you and then frame you for the... Like, he yeah. said, I'm going to shoot you five times and then put a gun in your hand and say you came at me. Yeah. It's like, damn, Keith David, but I guess you the best... I guess you the positive one? Right. 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 It speaks to that. Right. Like, yeah, yeah that's true. you know, so you're like, well, what it... What, who are these father figures? But Keith David did what so many fathers in the hood did that were there was they they, they had to rule with a strong hand. Right. You know, and right, right. we may not agree with it now. Certainly, you know, the, the you know the, the granola and the Pilates moms would never be about that life. Right. Right, right. But right. sometimes that's what it takes to keep your son out of jail. It's the Joe Jackson defense. Exactly. Joe Jackson was abusive or Joe Jackson kept all who we wait. My wife, she came in and she made this yakety yak moment. Motion. Damn, how long? She'll be back. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> or Joe Jackson kept his children out of trouble in um, right? In um, what's the crazy city they're from? Uh, Gary, Gary Indiana. Indiana. Yeah, in Gary Indiana, he kept all them boys straight. Right. So you know, say what you will, but you got to rule with a certain. Hey. hey, listen, my dad punched me in my chest once I, in front of my friends at private school, um, and they were like, "Yo, are you being abused?" I was like, nah, I was out of line. Yeah. My, exactly. my, my dad caved my chest in once. Yeah. Once. That's all it took. <laughs> that's, that's, all it takes. It's like, that's, oh, that's like, that's not all right. All it's no, 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 you know what I'm saying? No, but at no, the time, of course not. Of course it only take one heart punch. Yeah. It, we, you know. we came up around people who was like, either I'm going to punch you in the chest or they're going to get the opportunity. They're going to want to punch you in your chest. And when they do, they're going to punch right, you. Right. They're going to kick you. They're going right, to stab right, you. Right, they're going right. to shoot you and put a gun in your hand and say, you did it. You want to play, man. Yeah. Well, let me just give you a peek right. into right. man world. It's yeah. like, oh, never mind. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I tasted it. I'm not ready. I'm kind of good in teenager world. Yeah, yeah. I'm okay. Teenager <laughs> land is nice. <laughs> <laughs> but it, it shows that they, these were the options that you that he had as a father figure, so to speak, as we never talk about strikes. Dad, do they talk about his no, dad? No, not at all. No, they don't mention no, him at all. They don't talk about all. his dad, but... You know, they just his mom's is there, and you see who his mother is and how she is, and then the doting mom who's right. trying her best, but mm-hmm. you know, trying to keep ends together, living the projects. You gotta imagine what her work schedule. Isaiah be. Washington is the his character is the only father in the film, right? And he's having a nervous breakdown, <laughs> like he's yeah. actually having a nervous break. Yeah, you know. Yeah. He can't take it anymore. Right. Like, you know, he's you disrespected on all angles. You kind of gloss over it, but it's like, this brother is actually having a nervous breakdown right now. That's interesting. Yeah, that's true. So, that's true. which is why I always believed that he did do it. Yeah. I believe he was pushed to that place. Yeah. He needed a reason. He, yeah. He, he, it was, I wish he would moment, and it was. I wish I would say something like that to my brother. I'll kill him. Right. And right. Right. Like, hey, then, brother, 
look what happened to me today. Right, right, right. And you can see you can see it in the in the beginning when Strike is telling him about you know giving him the story right. about what this dude is about, and he, he knows exactly what buttons to push mm-hmm, mm-hmm. in in his brother. And you can see you can see where it flips. Right, in and Isaiah that's, that's Washington, Isaiah's acted too. Yeah, because you could just read it on him. You didn't even need to look at Makai. All you do is look at him, and you knew. Exactly. You know, I gotta take a second to talk about how frustrated I am with Isaiah Washington's career I was career just about arc. to go there, man. You know, you I was just about to go there. Oh <sighs> uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, this. Well, is you a- know what though, man. You know, it, it, the beautiful thing is, I mean, he had a he had a great jump start with Spike. Mm-hmm. You know, and love then, Isaiah Washington. I think he's a powerful actor too. Oh, but I mean. He, there's a there's a political aspect to this. No, no, right. no. Okay. I get yeah, that's yeah, that's yeah. why okay. I'm frustrated yeah, 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 because yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, and he'd been in it long enough to know the, the rules. I'm, and hey, you know, man. and look, it hasn't stopped him from working. He's still working. No, no, no. But but yeah. you know, you know, I'm a big proponent of people who are at a certain level, but they should be at other levels. Oh yeah, like their skill. And, and you know should have them somewhere else 100%. so then and yeah. then I'm always frustrated when there are self inflicted wounds right so yeah, those are the ones that hurt the most so you know and shout yeah, out man. to Isaiah Washington yeah, man. incredible actor yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. T- actor. T- t- tell, tell him some love next time yeah. I was about to say <laughs> next time I see him say you were on the golf course bro y'all play oh, spades know. together yeah. right so you know <laughs> Plus, he be underbitten. Yeah, I know. That, 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 that dude, man. <laughs> he be sandbagging. I'm like, oh, mug. <laughs> no, but you know what? I also really. Dorian Messick. Hollywood guy. I know. <laughs> the window into black Hollywood. Not even. I got some white friends in Hollywood. But, uh, <laughs> I think I keep working. <laughs> <laughs> no, but uh, one thing that occurred to me also while watching this film was, um, it, I feel like it was uh, Oscar consideration worthy for some of the performances. Uh, I thought the I, at the beginning I thought the cinematography, but by the end of the movie I was so exhausted by the cinematography I could see how people kind of felt. Okay. Right, right. You know, I, he Malik was showing out so hard it was like he was like I say, sometimes he was the whole game yeah, right, like, you know he just graduated he like oh yeah, yeah he's like, and I understand and, why and, you do that and I'm on yeah. a Spike Lee movie yeah I understand why you do that because right. I mean, it, it jump started his career but at right. the same time I was like man my head hurts now <laughs> all that darkness and then by the time they got the belly they were like you know what we don't need no lights <laughs> Who the blackest person in the room? Smile. Okay. Blame okay. the lights on okay. his teeth. Because that's how okay. belly was. I couldn't see okay. nobody in that room. We ain't going to have no disrespect to belly in here. Oh, All man. right. You need to have me back for another episode. Because Nas went to Africa. <laughs> yeah. Where in Africa? I don't know. Ask T-Boss. Hey. <laughs> He went to Africa, all right, and that was the, that's how you solve right. all your problems. And Ben Chavis talked DMX out of being a criminal. Yeah. <laughs> that's a powerful movie. <laughs> Tyron Turner wore a wig and chewed a banana. Come on, y'all. When y'all gonna review that movie? <laughs> when we gonna talk about that movie? <laughs> I think we just take this little snippet right here. <laughs> That'll be enough. So, so we'll have you back for belly. <laughs> Seriously, thank the world with DMX, man, because that was how I got from beginning to end of that one. <laughs> they oh, killed man. my man Haas mad early in the movie. I was like, I could leave right now. Haas is dead. I'm going. 
DMX became Muslim esque. He, he was condom Muslim. Yeah. It's like he's not eating pork, but he don't really know the Quran that well. Nah, nah. <laughs> so either way, that was our introduction to the person who gave us the visual imagery of, of clockers. Yeah, I mean, clockers was our introduction to belly. Yes. He was like a window into it because with clockers, you had a Spike Lee at the helm who probably was like, all right, man, just one more light. We need one more light. And you know, Williams, said, Williams was like, yo, you know how we do it, son. I stopped at Home Depot and picked up some more lights. Yeah, I guarantee you, he was like, we got a candle. <laughs> I'm like this blunt. Yeah, we'll put that right there. Y'all good? I can say this because I was on the set of that one. I was about to say. Yeah, I was on the set of that one. Were you really? Were you in it? You weren't in Belly. No, I, man, back then I was doing extra work. So, nah, I, just, okay. I was in it, but nah, I wasn't right. saying nothing. Okay. Yeah, nah, 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 yeah, nah. I don't even, that's, listen, you will not find that on my IMDb. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I just was there. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah, no, no, no. I didn't have a trailer. I did. I ate from the catering table. I didn't know. No, listen, it was a much different situation. Okay. <laughs> I feel you. I feel you. I was what, like 19? Yeah, come on. <laughs> What was your what was your big break? What was the the movie that got you got you over? Two weeks notice. Yeah, and Sandra Bullock. Yeah, that was the movie. Okay. Yeah. Now that yeah. was before or after premium. Way before premium. Two okay. It was like three or four years. Matter of fact, Sandra Bullock got me and Pete meetings to help us get premium done. Okay. Nice. Yeah. So that was significantly after it took us that long to raise the money. There was no Kickstarter, none of that. We yeah. just had to go around beg people, and mm-hmm. we got done. Nice, because yeah. I'm a fan of premium. Thank you. Yeah, I, I really like premium. Yeah, we had a great time making it. You know, you get, one of these days you guys can review it, and I won't be upset if it's not on anyone's favorite list. I, I, I okay. like some movies. Man. It's not like I don't like movies. Okay. I, I like. You know this. You know he's talking about you. I, right? I, 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 I try not to look at you, but I'm exactly looking at you. What he's talking about. <laughs> that was exactly it's what he's talking about, man. No, I, I've heard. I mean, I, you know, that's it, it's art. You put it in the world, people enjoy it, or they don't. Right, right. That's, right. that's the point of it. You right. Know, you can't be. You can't have thin skin about it. You know what I'm saying? So it ain't no big deal with me. That's good. Cause. But yeah, definitely, two weeks notice was was the one that put me in the game. First movie was Shaft. John, John Singleton put me in Shaft. Where were you I in Shaft? One line, and it was the most unbelievable situation that you would ever have a brother in. You would almost think that a black dude didn't direct that aspect of the movie. Really? But there's a shooting. There's a shootout. Uh, 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 Ruben Santiago husband does he? Uh, is he the one? He shoots uh, Vanessa Williams. Yeah. And there's mm-hmm. a dude from the neighborhood who comes running out and says, "What you shooting at? Who you killing now, Jake? Da-da-da-da-da. You can get my nuts." That was me. <laughs> Tell me this When in the history of ever Has there been a shooting in the ghetto And a brother ran to it <laughs> And he knows it's the cops And then he talks slick to a cop Who just shot another cop <laughs> This makes no sense But I was like I need to be in a movie right. I, need I a went line. to the theater And my homeboys turned around to me They was like yo why they make you so mad <laughs> Why you care so much, son? You didn't feel like you could call John Singleton over and say, you know, this character just doesn't, doesn't ring feel, true to just me. I, I, I feel nah. like it was organically developed, and and I, I have some notes <laughs> at that point of my life. No. I have some notes. <laughs> I have some notes for you, John. <laughs> and John Singleton is kind. He's a strong filmmaker. I don't think he would have listened to me anyway. Right, right, right. <laughs> I have some notes, nah. yeah. but it was that was my introduction to okay. the world. <laughs> 
the most un, the most illogical angry negro that was my character's name <laughs> comedians make jokes about what my character did like if this is shooting most people run the opposite exactly exactly yes, this nigga ran to the shooting now here's the question is that still on your imdb probably because i have no control over well is this still that. on your resume no 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 i'm thankful that i was able to do it right right, no 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 no, no. you don't lead with that you put your best foot forward of course go to a meeting and say perhaps you saw me in (laughs) shafts i don't even think sam jackson does that no probably not (laughs) he was shaft Well, he was Shaft's nephew. Oh, that's right. Yeah, that's right. It's his duty to please that booty. Oh, Lord. But that does bring us to, um, you know, what is currently rocking out on your on your resume? What you got going on right now? Oh, yeah. Because uh, okay. you're here for, at the Black Star Film Festival because you actually have a film that's going to be screening uh, Nine Rides. Nine is that- Rides. Yeah, it's an interesting film. One of those uh, art house films that uh, we shot completely on um, iPhone. Get wow. out of here. Completely on iPhones and at night in LA. So it was all night shoots on iPhone. It was great fun. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But I play a, an Uber driver and it's like the nine rides and how they affect me and what it leads to in my life. Cause there's a major moment that happens to me and, and you kind of watch this driver go through all these moments, all the stuff when you know what's going to happen to him at the end or what's, what's in store for him when he gets home. When so, you're when you're shooting on an i on iPhones, mm-hmm. so this is literally an iPhone. So it, mm-hmm. does is the director shooting the film, or is there actually is no, there, no, no. is there even a crew? Yeah, yeah, we had a crew, the skeleton crew, because of um the the nature of the film is mostly on the run. So we're right, riding, right, driving, right, driving, driving. So was, mm-hmm. yeah, we had a crew though. Yeah, very much so. We lit it. We definitely we if there's one thing they learned from Belly, we lit that movie. <laughs> so it was lit. You know, lights and all that stuff, man. We had like this huge uh truck that they rigged with mm-hmm. uh you know, camera stands and all you know, technical jargon stuff. But yeah. it wasn't just the iPhone sitting there and people calling us every twenty takes and we gotta pause out. No, it was right, like right. they had um lenses on it and everything. Okay, I mean, right, right, right. purpose. It just looked like a regular camera. Right. right. The iPhone. We were recording it on the apparatus. That is known as the iPhone. So it was good, man. You know, I liked it because it was like real quick uh, turnaround mm-hmm. in terms of like, you know, in between takes, you're not doing a lot of waiting and, right, and right. you know, and it, it helped for the energy of the film. Yeah. You know, and because we were shooting at night and I'm like, I really don't want to be taking 20 minutes between takes at six o'clock in the morning. Right. Right. Right, right. Right. So it worked out perfectly. So, yeah. So there's that. There's Nine Rides, which is going to be at the film festival, is at this film festival, um, Black Star, which is an incredible festival if you guys can get a chance to come out here next year in philly yeah please do it's the fifth year it's in you know run by maori home she's incredible um so we got that and then um currently doing an arc on the series uh animal kingdom animal TNT, kingdom which is crazy that is an insane show yeah i have not caught it yet i've not caught it's it wild. yet it's on my list it's a lot of wildness and it's a good okay. binge where it's binge worthy okay yeah. yeah okay so i would yeah. say do that if you can, because we're getting ready to. By the time this airs, I'm sure the the finale would have played. Mm-hmm. Okay, because yeah, the finale's this week. So yeah, so I'm I'm doing that, and then um, I'm getting gearing up to get back on stage. In really? New York. Yeah, going back home. 
on the very stage. Nice. So yeah, I'm doing uh, Richard Wesley, who's you know very grand and wonderful playwright. Mm-hmm. It's his new piece called Autumn, and it's about the political uh, backdrop of of a city that's very similar to North. So okay. I play a character that may or may not be Cory Booker and in his uh, <laughs> campaign against a character who may or may not be, have been Sharp James. Wow. You know, okay. It feels okay. like that. Okay. Okay. That feel. okay. okay. I feel um, you. So it's a very nice piece. So we'll be doing that in, um, in Brooklyn, at off, you know, off, off, bro, actually, at uh, the, the Cumble Theater in Brooklyn from, uh, I think we opened October 5th and we run through the end of November. Very nice. Yes. I think it's like it, I always think it is rewarding um, when I hear about actors, you know, going from a movie to TV and then going back to the stage, mm-hmm. going on the stage. Because I know one to me that means that they really just love their craft. Yes, they love getting paid too, mm-hmm. but they I, they really just love the art of acting. And they're you see they're a dude on stage, he don't love getting paid. Oh, that's true. That's true. That's true. That's true. He don't love getting paid. You need to get paid. Oh, you know, he just really loved the work. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Because once you taste the Hollywood money, it's hard to look back. But you have to. Yeah. Mm-hmm. In order to, to, you know, it's a good place to go hit the reset button. Mm-hmm. Okay. You know? Yeah. Because, you know, a lot of times people will have you do something and you'll get phone calls based on something that someone else saw you in so they're offering you a job but it's the same thing you already did right on, right you know so you kind of like well i want to be seen in a different way i want to just do something different yeah it's a good opportunity to get on stage to do it you know and if it's a role that speaks to you i'm i'm, I'm a big proponent of just following the, the the art the work so if it's a good script find a way to do it because i've definitely not been involved in like some bigger budget projects, huge budget projects because the script wasn't right or the story wasn't right. Right. Or okay. the role wasn't right. And it's like, yeah, they're going to back up the truck and drop you a lot of money. But in the end, it's like, I don't even really feel like I want to spend my time doing this. Mm-hmm. Wow. You know? Okay. Um, and then, of course, now I can afford to do so because my wife is a superhero. So <laughs> y'all might see me in a lot of independence and stage plays because <laughs> I don't got to go back to work if I don't want to. <laughs> That's right. I don't even think we. I don't think we've mentioned it on we, air. We, I mean, we haven't because you know because that your wife and... Simone Missick is has been cast as Misty Knight yep. in the uh, Netflix Luke Cage TV series. Ching, we rich. <laughs> I quit. I quit. To all y'all producers, second. No, I'm joking. <laughs> That's a joke. Please hire me. I still need to go back to it. <laughs> Because she said, that's my money. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> that must be really cool, though, man, for you be dating like a... Uh, that's got to be... Yo. Yeah. All right. Not, not even dating. Married. You married. I wake up every morning with a superhero. Lord Jesus. Mm, wow. But she was one before that, but now it's like real. It's and real. got a costume. <laughs> okay. Oh, my God. I'm just going to let that float out there. I was going to say... See, what I was going to say... You're going to be married to a person with the action figure. Yeah, there's that, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there is that. So that's also pretty cool. Yeah. You know, I, I feel good about that. I'm excited. And then, if, you know, we I'm an aspiring dad, so I'm believing that we'll have a little girl at some point who can dress up like her mom. Nice. For, yeah. That's beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. That's beautiful. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm going to name drop again. So my friend, Anthony Mackey, good friend of mine, he <laughs> sent me a picture of his son. On Halloween, going to school 
dressed as Falcon. Yeah. Okay. And like I'm not a not an envious guy, whatever. That's the one moment where I felt a little bit of jealousy, where I was like, right. "Oh man, right, right." Wow. You know what I'm saying? Because I I would love to have a son and have him dress up as you know something. Because you think about it, when you dress up as a kid going to school as your dad, a lot of us put on like you know construction hats and yeah. right, right, lunch right. boxes. That's right. what our dad did. Right, 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 right. This dude showed up in a costume that other kids showed up in, and he was like, "Nah," but I'm really dressed like my father when he goes to work. Right. Nice. So now I'm going to be able to have a daughter who can do that. Yeah, you know, nice. Yeah. Yeah. My son could put on a cop uniform if he wants to. I don't play enough cops where he could be like, I'm being my dad. Right, there you right. go. There you Misty go. Knight is iconic. Misty Knight is iconic. I got an iconic woman in my house. Afro <laughs> bionic arm. Yeah, Afro bionic arm <laughs> and a, a, a red bodysuit. Yeah, yeah, man. Yes, Lord. It's, uh, it's Lord. <laughs> So, the church so, say amen. So, so you you can like like give us like a little window. So, does she wear the costume from? I the can't comic? get into any of that. Yeah, I was about to say, absolutely cannot get into I was any say, of that. Lynn, what are you doing right now? No. You're you're tripping. I can't do any of that. You do know <laughs> that. Are you crazy? They walk around. They have snipers that follow right. you. No, 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 no. But I can only say what y'all already know, and right. that's what you know. I, I have, and I, and I don't know anything else. That's it. Right, right. We, we gonna move talking about clockers. Yeah, I'm about to say, let's <laughs> finish up with clockers. <laughs> Didn't I just say I don't want to have to go to work no more because my wife has a job? Right. You trying to get a fire? And you know, and, and you know, I have to say, I have to, I have to say, Dorian, just to let the you, is you, you know, well, no, just to let you in the inside, like, in the barrel, man. No, just to let you know my inside head stuff. Like you know, we tape these episodes, and when we get towards the end, I'm always like, okay, this is like we got good stuff here. Mm-hmm. Don't let me mess it up by say something crazy, and then we can't use any of it. It was like we're taping with you, and it's like, yo, this is a one shot deal. We messed this up. <laughs> So I'm sitting over here trying to be on my best behavior because it's like we're wrapping it up, and then Lynn jumps in. No, I'm not offended. All right, you're gonna get it. That's all I'm asking. And listen, I'm no good with secrets. I'm the worst. So I I purposely have been shielded from the information because okay, I'm known not to be able to keep it. I got to tell somebody. Right, right, right. You know right, what I'm saying? Right, like, right. some news I just shared with y'all before we started. <laughs> I wasn't I even going to was say it. Let the record show you yeah. brought it up. You guys will find out later. I'm not going to get into it. But the, uh, the idea, like, that's just my personality. It's been like this since I was a kid. <laughs> right. I started a journal. I started writing in a journal when I was a little kid because I was like, I got to tell somebody these right, secrets. Right, right, right. <laughs> even if it's just tell myself again. <laughs> Dear Paige, yeah. guess what? Right, right, right. <laughs> So yeah, so I'm, I, for that reason alone, I've been shielded from information because I would be the worst leak. Nice, All right? Yeah, yeah. So well, I don't know anything. Here's a story that you can can share. We'll get, go out on this because I do like uh, I like these type of stories. How did you meet uh, Simone? Oh, it's an awesome story. I think I, I had just moved to uh, L.A. Um, and um, some of my friends and I were like, I got, I got this house and renting this house and. We're like, yo, first thing dudes think when you see a house is we need to get some girls up in here. Exactly. Yes. Exactly. So yes. it's like, yo, let's throw a party. <laughs> party and time. Just invite girls so we can meet women in LA. Yes. You know what I'm saying? Right. Because I had just gotten there. And um This sounds like a good plan. Yeah. And it turned out smashingly. A friend of mine was like, yo, you know, that ended up being my bachelor party because he had gotten married like a week later. Mm-hmm. But it was it was just like packed. Like we didn't even invite dudes. We only invited women. And then we knew you invite women and you call your boys the day of. Exactly. Right. right. Exactly. And that's what happened. We, the morning of or at the party, I was like, yo, listen, there's a lot of girls here. 
come through. And dudes, we know how we do. We don't ever show up to a party with a lot of girls by ourselves. That's true. So then next thing you know, you call one dude, you got five dudes. Right. right. So that's how that party was. She was one of the women that was invited to the party. I had seen her at an audition the week before. Okay. Okay. And so and a friend of mine, she come in to audition for... Uh, Lennox Avenue, which was a uh, oh yeah. A yeah web series that I was yeah. doing, yeah. And I was thinking about we were gonna do some more episodes, and I was gonna maybe direct one. Okay. And so she came in and auditioned for it. And um, Al Thompson, shout out to him, good friend of mine, who's it's his show, mm-hmm. Lennox yeah. Avenue's his show. He knew I had a crush on her when she walked out the room. He was like, "You like that girl?" I was oh, like, "Yeah, really? I kind of dig her." <laughs> so he invited her to the party without telling me. Nice. She shows up to the party that I was DJing. And um, so when you met her, you you had this crush. What what did you crush on? What was it? She's so classy. You know, the same thing that's gonna make her like an awesome misty night, like the the con- just that classic woman. Like she is a Pam Greer's type, right? You know? Okay, right. And I'm I'm a dude who grew up, you know, loving Jane Kennedy and like that. Those wow. were my first initial crushes, right, right? Right. And so she came in and she embodied all of that hips and the attitude and just like that. She's from Detroit. That sophistication that comes with, but that street edge, right? right that right, comes right. with that. I was like, this is oof, it was a different situation. I would date this one, <laughs> but you can't ask nobody to go on a date with you. When you come in audition, exactly. Right. So you brought right. her to the party. I met her at the. She came in and we saw each other. We talked and then we went on our first date the very next day, and then we hung out, got engaged nine months later. Really, wow. we're, we're married shortly thereafter. Also at that same party on that same night, my good friend, another actor, Omar Dorsey, who is okay. on um, Queen Sugar right oh, now. Okay, he was also in Selma. He's a okay. yeah. He's a he's a he's he's a great guy for this podcast. By the way, he and I talk about this a lot. He, he's a listener. And um, nice. he met his wife wow. at that party. <laughs> he met his wife there yep. too. He met his wife at that party. She came to that party. He met her. He therefore they are now married. Oh wow! Why oh, right now? Chilling. Shout out to Omar Dorsey. Yeah, and I'm really looking forward to Queen Sugar. Yeah. So yeah, it's no game. So so it's no game. So you know we're recording, but tell I've him, been hearing some good stuff. Tell him it. I salute. Oh yeah, yeah, and he does some wonderful work on that. And Ava DuVernay, and you know the whole camp. Like what she's doing is incredible. I know, man. We're, we're fans. She's awesome. Yeah. yeah we're How fans. can you not be? Yeah. Yeah. She's like, you know, I mean, she's she's bringing us back, you know, to art. It's, and, yeah. and doing it with a vengeance and doing it like just like violently. <laughs> yeah. Listen. Oh, you're not going to distribute this movie? Okay. I got a company. We're going to show this movie. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Y'all watch this. You ain't got to let me in. Show me the door. Right. I'll open it myself. Matter of fact, don't even show me the door. Please move out the way. I'll figure it out. Exactly. Right. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And when I open the door, I'm bringing all these ladies with me. And exactly. all these other actors, not uh, right, people right, and all right, that, right, but right, specifically right, right. on Queen Sugar, the, the focus and emphasis on female directors I yeah. think yes. is, un, is like unbelievably right. incredible and just crazy, just bananas. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That she did that. That's beautiful, man. That, yeah. that is beautiful. You know what I'm saying? And she brought up names. I had, I mean, like, Nima Barnett, like, people who I was like, thank God. Yeah. They back. Right, right. Exactly. Because, you know, I'm sure they've probably been working, you know, in, like, no, the no, whole, no, like, right. some CSI of them had and that kind of world where you don't really, the director is kind of just there True. to point the camera and let the story go. Whereas this is a thing where I'm, I'm it's my understanding that they let the directors get busy. They got okay. some real deep character work, and you can just tell from the trailer. But I was about to say the commercials are yeah. striking. But the stuff that O was was reporting back to me from set was just insane. And meanwhile, I was, you know, in Atlanta making jokes with Brandy. <laughs> <laughs> Not that I'm envious or anything. But <laughs> it's a different world. It's a different thing. 
Look, man, those checks got it clear too. Hey, man, hey, hey, at the end of the day, watching every week. My favorite, <laughs> my herself, my favorite kind of black actor, a working one. Yo, so listen. you know, hey, man, I'm gonna keep the lights on. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So where do we land w- with clockers? Um, we never even got into how good Delroy Linda was or Thomas Jefferson Bird. Gonna just, just, yeah, yeah. I just want to emphasize that. I feel we'd be remiss without even getting into it. I mean, Harvey Keitel is excellent, but yeah, yeah, yeah of course. Well, Delroy Lindo, you want to talk about somebody that 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 uh, Hollywood has slept on, mm-hmm. and and I don't know the reason for that. You know, I'm not in that. I'm not in that world. Right, We're not right, in right, that right, world. Right, right. We're just visiting well, right now. When well, you picky. and you and the Lindos have board game night, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, my, my 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 interaction with him has been no, no. Not, <laughs> I just know that him to be a guy who just from the grapevine to be like very picky about his work. And I can understand live, that he doesn't live. In the mix, mm-hmm. he doesn't you know he doesn't need to be in the you know the Hollywood machine. You know sometimes right. we have to take jobs because we got a band's payment to make. Exactly, right? Yeah, or yeah, I right. Just bought this big house and that. Right, and right. as far as I know, what I know about him is he's a dude who doesn't really operate in that way. Right. So right. then he can only do the stuff that speaks to him. Right. Yeah. Right. So yeah. I'm not so much sure that it's like Hollywood has said, listen, we don't want you as much as he's saying, like, look, I'm not going to do. I'm doing it when I'm ready yeah. to do it how I want to do it. Yeah, because when you think about the work that you oftentimes see in men, it's always very impactful. Yes, and a lot of times it's important. A lot of times, yeah, you know, yeah, he's played very, a father three different times for Spike Lee. Oh yeah, I mean that's true. Yeah, and in mm-hmm. and, and, and one sense, or father figure, yeah, rather, or Spike's father. Oh, well, right, and Crooklyn, you know he saying? actually yeah, plays yeah. his father, right? And that's a major, you know, major undertaking. And then let's look, listen to West Indian Archie. Like, oh, I quote West on. Indian Archie at come least on. twice a week. Yeah, so, you should yeah. three times, man. You right. slipping, and not, <laughs> right? Not even West Indian Archie. West Indian Archie in Spike Lee's movie Malcolm X. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. So, yeah, he's awesome. But I, I have to say, this is my favorite line in the whole movie of Clock is, and I quote it all the time. I say it. It's Harvey Keitel, the line to strike where he's like, "You think you're hot shit." It's just a cold fucking fart, my man. <laughs> <laughs> only a white guy can say that. Yes. <laughs> right, yeah. right, right. And only uh, I had to put on a white guy accent to say it. Yes. <laughs> but he delivered it so well. Yes, he did. Well, I so mean, perfectly. I mean, like, I wonder if it was an ad lib. Harvey Keitel, man. I mean, like, am I the only one? And maybe it's because I'm, like I said, this is my first time watching a movie. Mm-hmm. I'm watching this movie and I'm feeling a little a little Quentin Tarantino when I'm watching this movie. I know that's I know I know I know I know with Spike that's, Well, that's, what's going on with Quentin Tarantino at this moment? So this is 95. So so when's Reservoir Dogs and Pulp Fiction? Oh, yeah. No, no, he actually made he already shot Reservoir Dogs. Yeah, yeah, shot Reservoir Dogs. The world is about to see Pulp Fiction. Pulp right, Fiction, right. yeah. So you know, have we seen it? No, I don't think we haven't seen it yet. So you know, they're probably pulling from the same. Uh, I don't know for some reason. I I don't know that hit me. Uh, um, And so, and what we know about Tarantino is that you know he was a guy who was a 
he's a he's like a super duper student of film. Right? Yeah, like I, he did. I don't know. Did he go to film school? I don't think so. No, I think no, he no, was it's all self taught. Right? He, yeah, it's all being a video So clerk. you know, and and I see where Spike has borrowed. You know. From Scorsese, and so you know, there's probably a trickle down effect, right? Mm -hmm. Right. You know what I'm saying? I see where Tarantino was borrowed from Spike, right? Yeah, Martin Scorsese, who was a producer on this film, right? Right. You know what the story is? I think he was going to originally direct it. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Clockers went through development in different hands. Mm -hmm. Okay. And I think he was the one who brought it to Spike and said, "Listen, man, this is more. This is your story. Your thing. It's it's actually you know it's one of those movies that the development." is kind of interesting too because you know it's it, it was a little pushback about clockers and part of the pushback was you know like we said the the it the, shifted yeah because the book was all about the book was all about rocco and then you know it shifted and you get all of the strike stuff so you know you had all of that going on you know that kind of new york filmmaker stuff yeah mm-hmm. i think it's a technical term for it yeah i believe so that, yeah. that I, I think you can find that in the film book stuff. yeah yeah this is class. So. Yeah, whether you use the doohickeys and the witch and No question about that. <laughs> These are terms. I know. Well, you're a professional actor. Yeah, so, yeah. You know. My time is hanging out with Spike Lee. This is, these are words that he's actually used. Right. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. All right. Well, well we could go. We could be here forever. Yeah. It's yes. So we could be forever about. I mean, like you mentioned, like we didn't even really big up Thomas Bird. Like we like. Yeah, right. Right. Yeah, right. Thomas right. Bird is you know, another incredible. Another incredible actor, um, character actor who should who should be doing more work. Who should be. And yeah. We, we talked well, about another him. one is a taste yeah. guy. Another one. Man. He's an actual friend of mine. He's a taste guy. Oh, yeah. You got to have the right part to get him out to bed. Really? He don't play no games with y'all. Well, he's fantastic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Big fan. Definitely. You Does know, he do a lot of stage work? Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. yeah he and um, Sam Jackson and those guys, they were in a theater company, Jumanji Theater in Atlanta mm-hmm. from that, you know, because he's all a part of that. You know, uh, I, I don't know if he knew Spike in the Morehouse. I was about to say, was he a Morehouse I'm dude? Not sure, he definitely is from that world. Okay. But I don't know if he and Spike overlap because I can't, I don't, the age thing, I don't Yeah, yeah right, 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 yeah. right. But I know definitely he's a Jumanji guy. Okay. okay. You know, he's definitely from that world where, you know, Latanya Richardson and all those, and they were doing a lot of what what Sam Jackson coined as hate whitey theater. <laughs> he coined that. I'm not saying that. It's a technical term that you can right, find. Right, right. It's another, another technical yeah, term. But, yeah, but so he comes from that world. <laughs> he's, a, he's an actor. And he was on Broadway, too. Yeah, I would love to see him on on stage. I've I've never seen him on stage. Like it's 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 different to see actors that you usually see on movies on stage. I saw mm-hmm. um, when Samuel Jackson and Angela Bassett were doing the Mountaintop. I saw that on, Did on stage, you? and that was nice. like it was like a totally different experience to see to see the two of them there. I actually got a a, a new a renewed respect for Samuel Jackson we were, we were talking about him last week I saw Denzel Washington in Fences right okay I saw Blair Underwood in um in the Gets black on stage in, in, in the black version of um Cat on Hot, Cat Tin, on Hot Tin Roof and in both of those it was like yeah I get it like like sort of being in the room with him it was like you completely like you get it obviously just seeing him but it was like yeah I get it like you know 
I thought I might have had to fight Blair Underwood. It's like it's like, yeah. it's like sitting next to my wife. And I was Blair just thinking Underwood. it was like was a situation with your wife. Right, right. It's, for some it's like, it's like yeah. first of all, Blair <laughs> Underwood woman, is a hundred and forty years old. <laughs> Why does he look that good? <laughs> yeah, I know because yeah, he's, he must be vegan or something. I, I don't know what's yeah, like. Man. Just. Eats, drinks sunshine. One of those dudes, man. Young boys' hopes and dreams. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's like, God damn, Blair Underwood. Man, you got nerve to be a good actor too, man. Get yeah. out of here. <laughs> Do you look like this? Yeah, yeah. So, that was a great production. Though. It was. Yeah, it was. Uh, uh, Wood Harris was Nicoleary Parker, and yeah, was, I think should have won a Tony for that. I'm not yeah, sure. Yeah, she was even nominated, but she was awesome. Yeah, in that. Wait, no, we're not. We're talking streetcar name is I. We kind of messed up. Yes. Yeah, I don't know how Tim Roop was uh, was Terrence Howard, and then we're gonna and, and, we're gonna leave that alone. So we're talking about street. We're talking about <laughs> streetcar street named Desire. Desire. You're yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. You're right. Anika Nomi Rose was awesome, right? Because she played and Blank. Cat on Hot. Oh wait, Road. no. I'm sorry. Now we're back to Cat. Yes, because right, I was right, right. like, I don't want to make it seem like I didn't like Cat on Hot. Right, I just right, don't right, want right. to make it seem like anything. Cat on Hot Tin Roof. Anika Nomi Rose was incredible. She wore a negligee in the beginning. I hope you remember that because my mom pinched me because she was like, "Calm down." <laughs> I was sitting next to my mom and she pinched me, which I hadn't she had done since the 80s. <laughs> and she was like, calm down. The bad thing, when you said Anika Noni Rose was in, I don't know if you noticed, but I looked away because that's one of my triggers. Yeah. And I said, <laughs> I said in my mind, I'm not going to say nothing about Anika Noni Rose because that's probably his neighbor or something. And we're having like such a good time. And I don't want to disrespect. Like you said, Anika Noni Rose. And I looked away. <laughs> We all did a collective <laughs> sigh and look in the different corners. Mm. Mm. <laughs> he came out that next day, and my mom's was like, "He is still talking about he can only do Still doing it to you, dog. He don't care. He's he just going. He's going to stay there, huh? We're just going to stay here. He's going to stay in his moment for a minute. Just, listen, man, I had a moment with my wife with her red outfit, and that, that this... took me someplace. Now we're talking about negligees. <laughs> Because it was a negligee. <laughs> I need to be clear on that. It was a negligee. Yeah, that didn't come from no. That didn't come from no. Uh, you know, uh, uh, Victoria's Secret. It was oh, a negligee. No, no, no. <laughs> she, she dipped into her private stock. <laughs> oh no, this won't do. I got it. I got yeah. it. I got it. I see how a real woman. Is. <laughs> Got on a hot team. Yeah, yes. Two well, kittens fighting under a blanket. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> Well, on that note, ladies and gentlemen, on that note, this has been uh, oh, like too much fun. This yeah. has been, I really wish we talked about Clockers more, but yeah, <laughs> it was great. It was way more fun. Just hanging out. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We, we, we showed love for Clockers. Go check out Clockers, ladies oh, and gentlemen. Oh, absolutely. Oh, yeah, yeah. So is that? So let's give it the rating. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, I definitely, you know, absolutely yeah. you should see it. I think. I think the only person in question is yes, Lynn. What do you? I think, think it's Lynn? too long. I I do think it's too long. But that being said, I think the performances are worth seeing. It's a movie to see. I just mm-hmm. th- I just think it could have been trimmed down a little bit. And I, I'll say this just to keep it continuous. If people are going through, because I feel like Keith David is having a moment because mm-hmm. of Greenleaf. Yeah, yeah. This is a great performance from Keith David. Like oh, Keith yeah. David is one of those great actors that has had a long career. That like if you see him in you know what looks like it can be a breakout role like a breakout role forty years into his career, <laughs> right, right? And right. you say, oh wow, that's like I really love Keith David. I think this is a great yeah. Keith David yeah. performance. Like if you only know Keith David from They Live and um, Pitch Black, 
then they're this is this is you chose wow, they live yeah. in pitch black not, not, they, not their presidents huh no no because because there are people that listen to the show mission they know their presidents they know keith david right right, right, then right there right. are other people that don't really know keith david right they only know keith david from they live in pitch black because those are the only movies that they've seen. Right, the genre movies. I got you. I got you know what I mean? Yeah. So, like, like, he's yeah. Up, but he's all over the place. Yeah. Well, yeah I've seen yeah, him on stage playing Nat King Cole in a one man show. He's a beast. Wow. That's, him playing that, I, I would, would not have cast him as Nat I King Cole. I, would never I think he that. cast himself. It was like, I'm going to write me a show because I want to sing. Right, right. So, yeah. it, so it was a one man show. Him yeah. as Nat King Cole. Because he can sing. Now, I know now, he can sing. Now, now that sounds right. Like Keith Davis said, I'm going to make a show and I'm going to be Nat King Cole. And then he looks around the room and is like, who's going to tell me I can't be Nat King Cole? And then everybody's quiet. He ain't a little guy. Well, that's, no that's, that's what I was saying about you, know, <laughs> you ain't going to just roll up on Keith David and tell him how things going to be I, I just want you to know that <laughs> right now <laughs> Mr. David can play Nat King Cole as yeah, much as he exactly. wants <laughs> he's a great guy yeah. we uh, we did the cape together TV series Another oh, short that's show. right listen man I'm king one season so I did a season <laughs> of a show called uh, <laughs> I remember the cape I remember yeah, the cape Keith David was on that man and we both looked at each other we like they got two brothers on Ahead. One's gonna die. It wasn't Keith David. <laughs> we literally sat down at the table read of the first episode, and it's like it's a countdown to annihilate the. <laughs> oh, oh god! It happened. Oh, oh Lord, oh Lord! Like you feel like you should wrap it up, but it, yes. like you you're just right. filled Sorry. with. Hey, let's go, let's go. Just, <laughs> let's go, let's go, let's call it, let's call it. Oh. Go check out Clockers, ladies and gentlemen. Yes, uh, yes. You can you can buy it, you know, rent it for like a, just a couple of dollars. Yeah, or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A lot, whole lot of streaming services out there. Um, Amazon, um, Fandango, Google Play is out there. Right, check right. it out. Uh, Clockers by Spike Lee. Mm-hmm. Um, good film. It's a good film. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It is a good I film. say great film. Yeah. I say masterpiece until we start talking about that bench, park bench scene. Check that park bench scene. Out. Right, right. Yeah, check right, that out. Yeah, right. check it out. All right, ladies and gentlemen, this has been fun. You can check out this uh, this and each and every episode of the Michelle Mission on MichelleMission.com. Uh, Email us at MichelleMission at gmail.com. Hit us up on Twitter at Mission Michelle. Find us on Facebook at Michelle Mission. Um, and uh, yo, just uh, shout out to Dorian Messick. Go check out shout Animal, out to Kim- Dorian Animal Kingdom on TNT. Yes, uh, doing work. Yes. Nine rides when it comes to a city near. About saying nine, nine rides when it rides. comes out, we yo, will certainly follow dope. up on that. And uh, Luke Cage Netflix. Uh, Luke Cage September thirtieth. September thirtieth. That's right. Wow, it's right ago. here. Oh man, like Netflix about to get that because the get down is going to be yeah, coming get out. Down's man. coming and out like next week. Yes, next week. Yeah. And, and yeah. Luke Cage oh. and Luke Cage is bligated black. <laughs> Yo, I know. I've seen the trailer, man. I can just imagine. Come on. I can just imagine. All right, ladies and gentlemen, um, this has been Len and Dorian and Vince. And in parting, we say... We'll see you when it's time to meet again. You're going to go back to Wubba Lubba Dub Dub. I like Wubba Lubba Dub Dub. See, do it for Dorian. He likes it. I'm not, he doesn't like it. He does like it. <laughs>
Now we're fading out. We're playing, fading. We're fading. Playing the music. We're fading the music. Spike Lee music. We're keeping the classic. <laughs> we're keeping the classic. <laughs> we out. It's time to bid adieu. It's been a pleasure knowing you. I'll see you when it's time to meet again.